Hi guys, welcome to Ask the Monk podcast. This is episode five and we have such an interesting topic today. We're going to be covering uh, intoxication and spirituality. I have uh, a new guest here, or you've seen him before. This is Tevin and Yadav. Uh, do you have anything to say? Thank you, Liz. <laughs> hi, Yadav. How are you hi, doing? Hi. Uh-huh. So we meet again. Now the three of us. This is the first time we're meeting the three of us. And we want to dig deep into intoxication and spirituality. And Yadav, take us through. I think I should first like, talk, uh, ask uh, Yadav something. Uh, there was uh, the other day uh, I was with a friend of mine, hmm. and then the, they told me that you know I'm I'm really spiritual, and um, like I I asked them like um, why why do you think that you are sp- spiritual, even though you you take alcohol and uh, and uh, and other intoxicants, and they told me first of all Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. So that is why I really like had to bring up this topic yeah. and try to understand, you know, the, the the how intoxication affects spirituality. Okay. The first thing, Jesus turned water into wine. Was that symbolic, or was that because Jesus wanted to drink alcohol? That's my question to you. As someone who's born and brought up in a Christian faith, Tevin Liz, Jesus turning water into wine, was that for the purpose of showing something? Or was that for the purpose of him just wanting a glass of wine at that moment? I don't think Jesus wanted a glass of wine, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do we find any other... um, reference in the Bible to Jesus drinking alcohol apart from that one? No, none. There you go. There's your answer. Someone turning water into wine to symbolize that this is going to be their blood. This is a representation of their blood. Okay? Is very different to us going right now to a club and just having alcohol in the name of Jesus, freestyle every weekend. If you have it once in your life, remembering Jesus maybe on Christmas Day or Easter or whenever, that's a very different thing because you're doing it ceremoniously. People are using Jesus as a means to justify them drinking alcohol. But you can't do that. You can't um, take something which is written in scripture out of context. And that's what a lot of people do. And um, there's someone in the scripture says, I, I can't remember who said it, but he said a little alcohol is good for the stomach. Yeah, but that's not spiritual. It may be good for your stomach. It may be good for your nose, your eyes, your ears. Some things are good for your body, but they're not good for you spiritually. Mm-hmm. We have to distinguish between the two, right? Yeah. I'll give you an idea. Food was once offered to the Lord, right? You know, we offer. Two days later, that food somehow was neglected and it was still there. It had gone rotten and stale. But when it's offered, it becomes holy. Someone ate it saying, this is holy food, more holy than the fresh bread that I'm going to eat at home. They became sick 
but spiritually their spirit was completely um, revived because of eating that food. Yeah. Um, so let me ask, um, when, 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 uh, when we, well, I've had some guys saying, talking about social drinking, which uh, they say that it's, um, it's, it's not, they're not drinking to get themselves to that state whereby they are intoxicated, but rather they're just to the level either to which to which it does not affect them. And uh, does that affect their spirituality or, or uh, it's totally wrong? Okay, look, you can be spiritual even if you drink. But it's one thing to just admit that I want to drink, that's why I drink. Don't use Jesus's name, don't use someone else's name, right? If Jesus woke up every morning and was just you know, drinking alcohol as a means of spirituality, that's a completely different thing, but he wasn't. Why don't you concentrate on what he did for the rest of the 364 days? That's the person to follow, yeah. okay? Not something he did once in his life. But okay, you can be spiritual, but you like alcohol, right? However, we should recognize that if we want to progress spiritually, okay, there are certain things which aren't going to help us. And alcohol is a big one. Because you need your natural mind, you need your natural heart. Alcohol doesn't actually do anything for anybody. In fact, most of the, um, most of the trash which has been done in this world, all the things, affairs, violence, um, you know, accidents, they're all done under some, most of them are done under some form of intoxication, right? So what does that say for alcohol as a substance? So the point is that alcohol is not a conducive substance to enhance your spirituality. You may have spirituality from a previous lifetime, right? Which you're carrying into this lifetime because spirituality, the beauty is it never goes away. Whatever you've done, you carry it into your next life also. But to progress further now, you need to decide what things will help you and what things don't. The things that don't, discard them. And uh, does intoxication affect your, your spirit and your soul? Does that mean that you're not pure? No, nothing touches your soul. Your soul is a completely spiritual substance. Although alcohol is called spirit yeah. and your soul is called spirit. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's ironical. But, but the thing is, they've got nothing to do uh, with each other in the sense that your spirit soul cannot be touched by anything material. It's only, in, it's only encaged right now by a body which is material. Yeah. So alcohol doesn't... Um, like, you know, what's it make your soul impure? But what it does is it doesn't allow your soul to wake up. You see, your soul is in a sleeping state. Our soul is in a sleeping state at the moment. We're open, awake to material things. We're awake to the, you know, the news of what's happening in Kenya and the world right now. You know, we're awake to human interactions. We're awake to, you know, songs um, that are playing. So our consciousness is reciprocating with all these things. But only those people whose soul is connecting now with the supreme soul, God, 
those people, their soul is either awakened or is awakening. So, um, I'm getting like from, uh, you know, since we are talking about intoxicants, there, there, there are people who, uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix that um, guys are probably in the US who use um, intoxicants like LSD and uh, they say that they say that it gets them to to a level at which you know they've never experienced mm-hmm. in in the universe whereby they feel like they become so spiritual and they were saying that you know like this one a high stance yeah but that's not see the thing is point is spirituality has it got to do with god yes yes okay so are we trying to say that we found God within some chemical substances? Mm-hmm. Is God that cheap? No. No. Definitely right? not. Has there been any scripture, right? doesn't matter which one, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism. Has there been anything which says, you will find me growing within mushrooms, you will find me in these chemical substances? Has God ever said like that? No. How do you find God through your endeavor? All these experiences which people have, enhancement of the mind, you see colors, all those things, they're temporary. Yeah. Point is, spirituality is your, the eternal factor. So when you augment it, it has a lasting effect, not just something which happens for a day, three days, or whatever it is. So your, the chemicals in your brain can definitely change because you, you've taken certain drugs and all of that kind of stuff. But it's not a permanent change, and whatever people are experiencing is not true spirituality. Because it's different to what they're experiencing, and because they might feel light, they might feel like they're seeing colors or whatever, it doesn't mean that it's spiritual. Just because it di- it's different, it doesn't make it spiritual. spiritual. Spirituality has very predefined tests and symptoms, in fact. So it says the first thing that happens when you spiritually start growing is you start losing taste for material things. Even your reputation, your looks, your um, material possessions. Like obviously you need enough just to like for food and shelter. But your fascination for this world really starts to dwindle. And your fascination for your spiritual practices starts to increase. That's the base symptom of growing spirituality. And um, I've interacted with people who use marijuana, and uh, when I question them, they say that the Bible says, I have commanded you to use all hubs on all corners of the earth. What <laughs> do you say about that? All right. So there's some herbs which will kill you. There's some plants which will kill you if you consume them. So what? You're going to take that out of con- context and basically use that and kill yourself. What I mean to say is we have to apply a little bit of intelligence. There's truth in the statement, right? That in the world, there are many different types of herbs. But that doesn't mean, and did, did God specifically say, use them to attain me? Use them for what? Fair enough, use them for food, use them for your health, use them for certain conditions, no problem, right? Sometimes people say when you have cancer, marijuana like helps you reduce the pain. Okay, fine. But let's not mix spirituality and medicine. That's the point. 
So um, I actually got another interesting question on. Uh, so um, there was a day me and you were talking, and we, we even uh, talked about you know. So like for uh, according to us and as Christians. We are made in the image of God. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, there is an interesting question that I had in terms of like uh, you know like as Christians we we were created in the image of God. Yeah. And uh, so like um, someone once asked me about you know like the whatever intoxicants that they used they were like you know like nicotine releases dopamine to a yeah. part of their brain and they, they were like. They were like, mm, why, why would God put that part in my brain? So to uh, to next in that, now if I get any nicotine on in my system, dopamine is released to, mm. to that part of the brain, and then I am happy. I yeah. feel happy. We have to understand, it's a good question. God has put many things on this earth. Because it's basically like this world has two um, facilities, a destructive facility and a productive facility. God has given everything, right? God's also given intelligence for nuclear weapons. Yeah. <laughs> right? We have to look at both sides. There's also poison, right? So it's not that God has created poison, right? He's created everything. You can look at it both ways. The thing is, is to use your intelligence to decide what is good and what is not. You can say that, look, I want to find God is actually death and I want to prove it. And I'm going to take this plant and I'm going to eat it because God put this plant here and you, and you eat it and you kill yourself. And you say, God wanted me to commit suicide, otherwise he wouldn't have put this plant. I know that's an extreme example, but if you're going to use all these this type of logic, then you might as well also use that God also created a rope so that I can commit suicide. So you can't use certain examples for everything that because God has put this dopamine in me, right? There's other ways of enhancing your dopamine. So point is, there's a normal level of dopamine within your mind, which, which is needed to operate efficiently. And that's great. But if it slips, now you can use different things which are good for you, you know, to put that, um, you know, dopamine level back to hopefully where it should be. If it slips for just a few hours, there's no big problem. Everyone has like, you know, times of the day where, you know, dopamine levels might not be so great or whatever it is. Okay. If it's long term, then we need to consider what is, you know, what is good for bringing it back. Some people might use marijuana if it's properly administered. It might be in the form of an oil. It might be smoking weed. That's up to doctors and experts who know the science to administer it properly. Fine. We don't have a dispute against that. The point is that spirituality can only be augmented by one's sincere effort to connect with the divine being. Yeah, not through just chemical substances. You can't eat your way back to heaven, basically. Um, is it uh, factual to say that spirituality and uh, intoxication can never go hand in hand? They don't go hand in hand. They're against each other. Mm -hmm.
So is, is it impossible for you said someone can be spiritual yeah. but they love alcohol, right? Yeah. So for example, let's say I am spiritual but yeah. I really 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 love alcohol. Yes. Is there a point of spiritualism that I cannot achieve just because of this alcohol yes. but So how it works is let's say like in a previous lifetime you didn't finish your spirituality or you got to a certain level and then you know you got distracted with other things mm-hmm. so now in this lifetime right um you've already got spirituality there your soul is awakened to a certain extent yeah. and but in this lifetime you've learned the habit of also alcohol it's been introduced by friends your community okay So now if you want to progress there are certain things you have to say no to. Yeah. Like with anything. Mm-hmm. Um because alcohol is or any intoxicant actually doesn't promote spirituality. It's not the right energy. Alcohol has a destructive energy. In fact, you can even see the Sony documentaries now, um you know, latest documentaries which shows even just one um glass of wine or one beer what it actually does. to your um your kind of mental structure. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I really saw something interesting yesterday there's this a uh, club that was opened uh along Thika Road yeah. and a priest came to pray for the business and I, I was confused was he I just I could not make sense of it because I was like okay yes he's praying for the business but what kind of business is he praying about? That's the thing. So Look, today it doesn't matter which religion you're from, most priests are corrupted. Yeah. Okay? Corrupted means, you know, there's different levels of corruption, but corrupted means that they're not there for spiritual enhancement. What is the job and function of a priest? To give spiritual enhancement to all the people that come to the church or to that religious place. A um if you're doing a normal business right so a priest may come and give blessings but he will also give something of spiritual value he should if for example if i start my business on the 1st of january 2023 and i invite a priest please come and bless my business but he should impart with words of wisdom of spirituality you should say that whilst you do your business please always remember that everything is sanctioned by the lord so if you don't get something yeah we shouldn't worry that or oh, why am i not getting this these then in that way he can you know offer blessings blessings and wisdom he's supposed to do that but for example if i open up a brothel and i call a priest that can you bless this place right i'm not saying that a brothel is like the worst place in the world yeah. but it's not a priest's job to come and say may your brothel do well may this do well because there's certain activities which are not conducive towards spirituality now since eliza has uh, taken it back into now society also so how do how do i um, as a, as a young person in the society like i'm um, looking at the data that has been going around in terms of like kenya kenya which is our country being one of the highest consumers of alcohol how do i manage to to mask myself from that society whereby you know like uh, it is in your it is in, in my line of business whereby at times i will cross paths 
around events, people are drinking. So how do I manage to like mask? Yeah, so I would say that there's two ways. The first way is um, you um, enhance your spiritual practices. If you don't have spiritual practices, you're not going to last long. It's, it's spiritual practices is a way of getting pleasure that is much higher. When you see a higher pleasure, you let go of the lower one. There's a nice verse in the Bhagavad Gita, right? Spoken by Krishna to Arjun. And he basically said to Arjun, you can only give up the lower taste, which is tastes of this world, right? When you get a higher taste of spirituality. The problem is because most people don't get the higher taste of spirituality, they can't give up the lower tastes presented to them um, by their village and their town and city. So spiritual practices is necessary and also, you know, there's no such thing as my business will not happen if I don't go out with these people and, you know, drink with them, entertain them. I've heard a lot of people say that. That's absolute rubbish. Forget me. There's so many people I know that just do their business. Their guests will come, their friends will come, business meetings, all of that. But no alcohol, no entertainment, which is not you know, within their spiritual um, dictionary. And the business is still done because business is business. If you want to entertain people, if you want to take them out and drink with them, that's a different thing. You're doing it almost like you're mixing a bit of business and pleasure. Yeah. One interesting question that I have is, um, assuming I have a business and I'm selling alcohol and uh, I want to give 10% of the tithe back to God, <laughs> does he receive the tithe? <laughs> or is there clean tithe and dirty tithe? There's two considerations, Okay. One is, God is so pure, nothing can contaminate him. But you're not doing it for him. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's nothing that you can give him. We should never think that our charity will change his position. No money. In fact, in terms of wealth, how are you going to give something to someone who has created this entire thing? Right. The point is, why are you offering things for your purification? Mm-hmm. So then you have to question that when you're giving money, which is made from alcohol, back to him, right? It's not going to affect him in any way. The church might accept it. The institution might accept it on his behalf. Fine, right? He might accept your motive. But the deeper thing is that he wants you to enhance your righteousness. That's what he wants from an individual. Think of it in a very simple way. Let's say you have a child, okay? Now, in the beginning, yeah, I remember this. My daughter once went out, when she was like five or six, she went out and bought me a gift on my birthday. And when she handed it to me, it's like, you know, I almost had like tears in my eyes. That is the model. That actually, in one way, she can't offer me anything because the money that she bought it with came from me, right? Yeah. But why did my heart melt? Because it's, I saw that she's building up her affection. She's learning how to share love now, which is the most important thing. Now, if she had basically gone and stolen money from someone, 
and then bought me a birthday gift, how would I have looked at it? I would have appreciated it, but I wouldn't have appreciated the fact that she stole money. So sometimes it's a double-edged sword that I appreciate the sentiment, but not the methodology. We always say that spirituality without faith is yeah. literally nothing. And uh, so now I know some one one of the most famous churches in, Ken, in I think in the whole world actually, um, and. Um, they have, uh, they have, uh, done, they call it sacramento, whereby people go and eat and then drink the wine, which apparently is, uh, it's called altar wine. Mm. Apparently it's one of the highest, it has one of the highest percentage of, of um, alcohol level, that is 20%. Mm. Most wines are normally like 8%, but that has 20%. But now this is wine drunk, drunk in church. Is that church wine holy or... The, with the 20% and the one that is 8%, uh, the four cousins being sold outside, what's the difference between them? The point is that we come back to the same thing, that do you have to drink alcohol in, as a general thing is not actually an enhancer for spirituality. Yeah. So that will never change. Jesus' drinking of the wine was symbolic. Also, the way they do it in church, it's that it's symbolic. It represents okay, Jesus' blood. Fine. So if you do it in a symbolic way and you remember deeply Christ, his sacrifice, what he did, his life, fine. But maybe that's the only time you should have it. Yeah. That's the point. But can you refrain from doing it for the rest of your time? So going back to your original question, that if you do it that one time, fine, in your life, no problem. Okay, because you're doing it literally to enhance your remembrance of what Jesus' life was and what it stood for. Mm. So its point is what triggers, devotion is what triggers your memory and your feelings towards the Supreme Lord and his prophets, his representative. Now I know there's some people look at Christ and say he's God and some people say he's the son of God, irrespective of what you believe. Point is that if you remember the prophets or the Lord himself in a very deep way, fair enough, the action may be justified. But as a general rule, alcohol is not to be consumed on a daily basis, even a weekly basis, a monthly basis at all. I actually know of a couple of people who have Alta wine in their fridges. Alta wine. So, <laughs> As in, then, but what? what okay, <laughs> Alta wine meaning just what the the twenty percent alcohol, or they yeah, get it from exactly. that. Exactly. So now I think those, those are people like you know a lot of people who think that now because they are drinking Alta wine, they have it in the fridge. Yeah? That it's it's way better than than just drinking any other wine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say, but let's, <laughs> let, let's, come, let's come back to the original point, right? Mm. In this world, what we see is that effort produces results. results. Okay, when you put in effort into a relationship, that's when love is felt. Yeah. When you put effort into business, that's when you see that profit is made. Yeah. When you put effort into really thinking about how to construct a city, that's when it functions properly. Yeah. Okay, Effort is always um, above. You can't, that's why I said you can't eat your way or drink your way to heaven. Yeah. 
Um, I, I just have a, the, the last last question is um, some people say that they drink alcohol out of temptation which comes from the body and when I question someone they say but why will God uh, put temptation in me then when I give in he punishes me for it for something that he put in me the thing is alcohol it's look it's not like you drink and then suddenly some hammer comes and like you know cracks like one of your legs open or you know breaks your back or something where's the punishment then on the contrary all we're doing is we're punishing ourselves when you drink alcohol what happens is you're reinforcing the fact that i am this body i'm not a soul yeah you're going deeper what they call into materiality alcohol has that effect on you and the more you go into materiality and the more you attract more negative energies so then the resultant action is that you commit further sinful activities as a result of those things you see for example you drink alcohol right your guards are looser okay let's say all of us went to a club our guards are looser we're all drinking you know slowly slowly we 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 can't control what we're saying to people i'm telling tevin things i wouldn't tell him otherwise right i may think them but i'm trying my best just to be nice to him but as soon as alcohol comes in i'm just throwing yeah. right then i meet liz a nice young lady yeah i'm saying oh she looks nice i start to talk to liz right or whoever right whoever's under that influence starts to talk to liz and then you know and liz is also you know now ha- has had a few drinks so then the guards are down come okay and like that so now the seed of the relationship and imagine both are in a committed relationship liz is in a committed relationship this person's in a committed relationship but now that alcohol is influencing them to become a much the worst side of them and then therefore some physical relationship happens that's where the problem starts you are creating problems for yourself what they call negative karma you're restarting the engines of karma again and again and remember when you have a stock of karma you have to come back here and you have to you know take another birth and you're back into this world which is full of death disease all these negative things so when jesus said that don't build your kingdom over here build your kingdom over there the point is that don't re- keep recreating materiality here so that's the point of alcohol it's not that okay i have one and then you know like i've sinned and then i'm going to go to hell for eternity you're just recreating a material situation again and again that's the point for me also i think uh, my takeaway would be um uh, what we decide on is the fact that um getting to a spiritual level that you would want to get to even getting closer to god needs no external effects whereby any sub- external substance yes and in fact the deeper you go you'll be so conscious of what you eat even subtle things which people do every single day like you may not realize um that like i'm not allowed to even drink caffeine okay because the level at which you're you know you're operating um for for someone on maybe another level caffeine is just like you know routine thing you know i'll have it like six or seven times a day with my coffee right so as you become more and more desirous that i want to go higher i want to go deeper not even higher but deeper 
then you become very aware of subtle changes in your mind and consciousness. And you think, where did that come from? So you need to work on it. Just like if you, um, with anything, let's say a sports person, right? They see that every time I run in this direction, somehow my arm, let's say the tennis player, is not able to move back enough for me to hit it at 112 miles per hour as opposed to 108. And at 112, I'll be able to beat my opponent. It's subtle. Mm. A normal tennis player wouldn't think like that. So he'll say, there's something which is preventing me, this muscle here. And this muscle is affected by this activity. Maybe I'm sleeping in a way that constricts this muscle. So he'll think about even his sleeping. So in the same way, a spiritual person who's serious will look at everything that they you know, eat, drink, do, how they talk to people. Basically, you're conscious. Thank you so much, Shiada, for answering our questions and being patient <laughs> with us. <laughs> yeah, it was a really tough uh, uh, topic even for us because, you know, even for us, it's something that, you know, we can't lie. Personally, I can't lie that I haven't indulged. And so, you know, you try to understand it more. You know, you might be doing something, but you don't understand. And also people there, young guys out there, would want to go through that spiritual journey, but now they don't understand why they're not getting to yeah. where they want to be. Slow steps. If you yes. have um, a huge thing, just you should first know that alcohol doesn't help you. Then you make out an action plan which is viable. Yeah. You quit cold turkey. If you're very determined, it can work, but you slowly have to keep telling yourself that to enhance spirituality, I have to give this up. And even if it takes three months, four months, six months, fine, gradual process. But by telling yourself again and again that I have to basically move towards a very um, important goal in my life, which is spirituality, and this is an obstacle. Um, and hopefully one day you'll be able to do it. We had such an interesting conversation. If you have any more questions, ensure you leave them on the comments down below. Yada will be very happy to answer. Thank you so much. See you on the next episode.